Dude, I'm excited for this part. Me too, man. Of course the you first... two are. <laughs> <laughs> man, Kyrie is not going to retire. DeAndre Ayton has not secured his bag. Joel Embiid sounds off on Ben Simmons. And the 2022 season is finally here. I'm Rosa Panta. This is the Clinic All-NBA Podcast. Of course, I have the three hooligans with me. JJ, how you living? Feeling good, feeling great. How are you? I'm doing great, man. John, how you living? What's up, what's up? And of course, Sammy, how you living? Basketball is back, man. I am good. Basketball is definitely back, and we just watched a couple games tonight. First of all, it was the Brooklyn Nets versus the Milwaukee Bucks. It ended 127-104 to with the Milwaukee Bucks on top. JJ, what did you think of this game? Usually for the championship team, they come back slow within their ring ceremonies. Not the Bucks. They came out strong. I felt that Giannis proved to the world why he's the best. He even called out the Nets last year after they won the championship. He didn't need to join the the super teams. He didn't need to join any other superstar. Right. And that he could win. And I thought that he reaffirmed his belief in himself, which is he's the best in the world. In terms of the Nets, however, the one thing that I felt was kind of weird was how they played. It didn't really seem that they were excited to play. Harden was off, even though it was he was 28 and 8. But also he rejected his offer for the max. Right. Which it's kind of weird, right? Like we talk about cohesion. Steve Nash actually commented right after the game that the Nets are missing clarity and cohesion in their group. You have one of your best players not signing the max. You have Kyrie, who isn't back, you know, due to his personal choice of not getting the vaccine. And then you have their owner saying that everyone needs to be on the same page to win. And it just seems that the Nets are about to implode. I might be jumping the gun, but <laughs> there's so many distractions, and this is a season where they could they have the best chance to win. Right. Right, yeah, I absolutely agree. It did seem like the Nets were a little off. Sammy, what did you pick up from this game? I, I picked up a similar vibe. I love the pace the Bucks played with. They looked like they played last week. I mean, they just they picked up and went. I know they didn't add a lot of new pieces, so that cohesion that JJ just mentioned was definitely there. I think their only major... I know they lost Tucker, and then they added Grayson Allen, everyone's favorite player. Uh, so he seemed to fit their vibe well but I just I love that they just picked up and went and you know with with Giannis like we were just talking about uh, what I really like with him is that you can tell he works on his game and he he strives to get better you could tell he's working on his free throw motion obviously it's not perfect yet but he definitely shortened it up I think we all noticed that definitely is working on a long distance shot so I like how they looked uh, with Brooklyn. You're, it looks like there's a cloud over that team. And we're either going to come back and revisit this and be like, oh, it was just a bump in the road with everything going on. Help! Or we're going to end up looking at this later and just wondering, was this actually the biggest warning sign we saw? Because clearly their offseason was anything but uh, peaceful, for lack of a better term. There's just been a cloud hanging over that team. And they're going to have so much talent that they're still naturally going to end up with a top three seed, I have to think. But yeah. at the same time, there's a very big difference between the expectations that team has 
and what we saw on the court tonight. So they might get through games just on pure talent, but I'm curious to see if we get that cohesion that Nash referenced uh, that JJ was talking about earlier, or if it's just going to be more of like a your turn, my turn between Harden and Durant, if and when, until Kyrie gets back. Yeah, I mean, Giannis Attentacumpo, he ended with 32, 14, and 7. Definitely picking up where he left off. John, do you think something's wrong with the Nets? As a Nets hater, absolutely. <laughs> I think there are many things. I think there are many things wrong with the Nets. Although I will start off by saying that I think KD, whatever you think of him, when he's on social media, when he's being sensitive, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Don't you know what to, you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got to give the man some credit. I mean, 13 for 25, 32 points plus. He was a minus 20, which I don't really understand, but he had 11 rebounds, four assists, uh, two blocks, and only one turnover. So for me, it's it just, I gotta give credit to him because coming from an Achilles injury, everybody knows in basketball, that's one of that's probably the worst injury to come back from. And I think back to history for us and anybody who was old enough, who's old enough, Dominique Wilkins is the only player to come back, to come back well, or even better, from an Achilles injury and it looks like KD has not lost a step so big ups to him it's good to see because you never want to see anybody get seriously hurt and their career end but I do back to your question back to your question is I do think the Nets are in trouble and mostly obviously because of the Kyrie situation it's just the cohesiveness and the chemistry that they built last year is I mean it's safe to say that it could be completely gone or at least it's compromised at this point i mean what is right. going to happen with kyrie irving is he going to get vaccinated i know adam silver is pleading for kyrie to get <laughs> vaccinated i saw that he little is. the little infomercial that he gave but yeah it's a shame because kyrie is a hell of a player he is amazing to watch and the nets are not going to do anything without him whatever you may think of how he is off the court he's that third piece he's the third superstar and yeah, they may be able to trade for him, but they're probably not going to. They're definitely not going to get equal value because of his stance on on what's going on. And I do think the Nets are in trouble. As far as the Bucks, I just want to mirror whatever what JJ and and Sammy said that they look really good. I'm just glad that these games are not going four and a half hours anymore because Giannis takes at least, takes five <laughs> to ten minutes shooting free throws. Come on. I'm yeah, glad I'm going to absolutely agree. Yeah. Normal game times for the Bucks. And yeah. Right, yeah, game one, it's only in one game, but they look good. Chris Money Middleton, JJ's favorite player, is uh, <laughs> did well. So yeah, it was, uh, right, it was an entertaining right. first game, but I, I want to make sure everybody realizes that it is only one game. Well, the thing about the Bucks, though, I think a lot of us inadvertently disrespect them. And I think it's because of players like Chris Middleton and players like Drew Holiday where we haven't seen this like consistent this consistency from them and it seems like they basically carried whatever they took from the championship from the olympics over to the very first game of the season and they absolutely laid the smack down on the nets i did not expect them to smack the nets i expected them to win but not in this fashion but we're gonna move on to the next game it is the golden state warriors versus the lakers the warriors come out on top 121 to 114 
Sammy, what did you think of this game? Well, as the uh, innocent bystander of the three of us who had no rooting interest in this game, <laughs> I was just waiting for the hilarity to ensue. <laughs> you know, so it was either the Avery Bradley revenge game or the start of the Jordan Poole or Steph Curry, who's the future of the Warriors controversy. Oh my. <laughs> I would say overall, uh, like we chatted about a little before the pod started, I... Uh, the Lakers are going to take some time to gel. I mean, you're adding a, a big-time talent, but a, a big personality, in a sense, in Westbrook to that rotation. He clearly has a ball-dominating style the same way LeBron does, so there's going to be an adjustment, and as it should be, everyone needs to adjust to LeBron because he's the best player on the planet until proven otherwise. So that's going to be an adjustment for Westbrook. I think they're going to come out, and they're going to be a little shaky in the first 10 games. Everyone's going to panic, and then... Eventually, sometime in the first part of the year, they're going to catch their groove and catch fire. So overall, it did seem a little bit of a sloppy game. Uh, it was a little more choppy. I thought I thought Bucks Nets had a little more flow only because the Bucks looked so good. Um, that being said, I definitely liked what I saw at a pool, and I'm sure Warriors fans all did too. Uh, in that regard, he he looked good. He definitely. We'll see what happens with him when when Clay gets back and how they integrate everybody. Uh, but overall, that game to me is a little more so than the Nets-Bucks game, a game that we're going to look back as a blip in the beginning of the year, going both ways, because the Warriors are obviously bringing back a huge piece in January in Clay. That's going to change the way they play. And then uh, with the Lakers, you're integrating not only Westbrook, but what was the turnover on that team? Maybe seven new players. So Nine. I think yeah. that game, in, in a weird way to me, was almost a little bit of extended preseason. Where, where it counted just because these two teams, in my opinion, are going to look drastically different by the time we get past Christmas. Right, and John, JJ, uh, what did you guys think of Westbrook's first game with the Lakers? Did it look natural? Did it look weird? Um, what did you guys think? Next question, please. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. So... It was kind of... I wasn't surprised, actually. I expected there to be a lot of broken plays. I expected there to be a lot of inconsistency. And I expected Westbrook to kind of do what he usually does. And that's go 100 miles per hour without knowing how to change the pace or slow down. It was definitely sloppy. And my concern moving forward... I know it's only game one and Sammy's right that this might just be a blip in the road. It probably will be. My only concern is that I don't know if Westbrook is the type of player, and history has shown that he he has a hard time adjusting to his style and his pace. And so, is he going to be able to adapt with LeBron and AD enough? And the regular season doesn't bother me, but is he going to be able to adapt enough for the Lakers to really reach their potential and win a championship? And my honest answer as a Laker fan is I don't know. I truly don't. So, it remains to be seen. It'll be interesting how they move forward from here yeah JJ what do you think in terms of the Lakers the number one thing that I was looking out for was ball movement you have ball dominant players with LeBron and AD obviously but with also Melo and Westbrook and I don't know if the Lakers are gonna cry for Melo to play just like the Blazers did last year yeah but I think as fans, because there are many fans that do love Melo, they often forget about the defensive miscues from Melo. And even Westbrook at times. 
like Westbrook, he goes 100 miles per hour, but his defense could be questioned at times just because of his health need. And Melo, we all know that he doesn't know how to play defense at all. <laughs> what? And the Lakers are known for defense. Their defense. Their championship year at the bubble, they were known for their defense. So, in terms of the Lakers, I looked at the ball movement and it's a question that we need to look at. For the Warriors, the one thing that I was looking at was their bench play because that was the main question from last year. They ran a seven-man rotation during uh, the play-in. Right. And everyone thought, well, they, everyone questioned Bob Myers. Where's, where's the help? You need to help Steph and Loki, Iggy played huge today. Agreed. All the Warrior fan base, we missed Iggy so much. And tonight showed it. The numbers won't show otherwise, but you could see the intangibles. Belizia, the suburban Sinatra, yeah. as they call him. <laughs> the Elitza. Yeah. today. Yeah, Belizia. Um, and even Damon Lee right. came up. And obviously, uh, the guys here covered Jordan Poole. So the Lakers and Warriors, like Sammy was saying, um, it's a blip. We'll see what happens in a few months on how they perform. Yeah, I mean, the things that I was taking away from this, I'm echoing a lot of what you guys are saying, is, yeah, JJ's absolutely right with ball movement with the Lakers. It didn't seem like the ball, the ball was flowing very well. It seemed a little out of rhythm. I know that they're still able to overpower, um, you know, because they're stronger, they're bigger than most other teams. And you could obviously see that for the first half of the game, but it started to get a little too stagnant, stagnant for me. Um, but with the Warriors, it seems like they brought the strength and numbers theme back and Jordan Poole man this guy coming out of nowhere and what what did he score today he scored 20 points today shooting let's see 44% on twos and 36% on threes he was definitely efficient a nice surprise for the Warriors let's see if he could step in during Clay's absence hold up NFL fans hungry for a big win this week DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL has you covered New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL game to win their game and win $200 in free bets. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 and older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit, and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm going to get moving towards some NBA news. We all know the Kyrie Irving drama that is ensuing in Brooklyn. And basically, Brooklyn closed their door on him, right? I'm sorry, the Nets. The Nets closed the door on him. Brooklyn was trying to crack that door open and say, you know, it's a private facility. You're allowed to practice in a private facility. And the Nets said no. Not unless you're going to be a full participant to the team. So Kyrie Irving runs on IG Live 
and he announces, I know there's a lot of rumors about me, basically. Don't believe I am retiring. Don't believe that I'm giving up this game for a vaccine mandate. John, what do you think of this development? I think we have to take whatever Kyrie Irving says with a grain of salt. This man is the man who said that the earth was flat. And I don't know if he's going to go travel around the world to determine if that's true or not. But I would... He says he's not retiring, but again, he says a lot of things and he doesn't really mean them and the history shows that. So for me, I think it's it's still up in the air. I wouldn't be surprised if he actually does semi-retire and I think Sammy mentioned that in the previous episode. For the Nets, good for them for st- sticking up to their, their own beliefs. Kyrie has his own, but the Nets regardless of how good Kyrie Irving is as a player, and he's that good, he has a championship with Cleveland, that the Nets don't want that. They want the continuity. They don't want inconsistency. They want the team to be have that chemistry, and they realize that if Kyrie Irving is only playing half the games and only able to practice away, or even, even if he's able to practice in Brooklyn, he's not able to play there at home games. So they realize that it's not going to do anything for the team. And I agree with them. I don't think it's going to help them in any case. Maybe they'll win a game, more games, but it's not going to help them long term because everybody knows, people who know basketball know that chemistry, the continuity, the the camaraderie on the team, that makes the difference between a championship team and a team that can go home in the second round or the conference finals. How do you guys like that Kyrie Irving jumped on IG Live to announce this. Do you guys think that was like the most appropriate thing for him to do? I don't know if it was the most appropriate, but you knew he was going to respond and try to give his side. But just it's, it's like John said, I I take everything he says and just I feel like it could be different tomorrow. And so I guess I, I get it because he probably felt like the narrative was being written for him and he wanted to explain how he felt. I actually heard an interesting theory, which clearly was not the case since they played tonight, that he just wanted to skip preseason and training camp, and this was his way of doing it, and he was going to get vaccinated as soon as the regular season started, that was going to be his way of bailing on camp. Um, clearly, <laughs> that didn't happen. <laughs> wow. Uh, so I, I do wonder, just like John was saying, chemistry is everything. This is going to be hanging the whole time. I mean, if he's gone for the first 10 games, I assume the conversation will die a little bit, because what's what can you ask if like game 11 he's still not vaccinated okay now what and maybe the team will move on and maybe that's the hope that sean marks had but otherwise i just i don't see how the team the longer this goes can can function and have that that camaraderie and just have this thing hanging over their head the whole time so you just you got to figure there's going to be a more permanent resolution one way or another within maybe a month but i guess we'll see yeah as a basketball fan. We grew up in the 90s where we heard people like Rodman and Jordan, they would do whatever it, it took to win. And the last dance, I remember there's an analogy where, um, you guys could correct me if I'm wrong, where I think one of the sports writers or one of the coaches asked Michael Jordan, you know, there's this pill, you have 10 pills or something, and you know, one out of the 10 would be poison to cure your hangover or whatever. Do you guys remember the analogy? Yes. We grew up with these legends during the 90s 
that politics aside, they took, they did whatever it took to win. If they were healthy, even if they weren't healthy, they would play. Yeah, they would do, do whatever it took to win. And I don't want to get too political, but like Kyrie, is he really a champion? Does he really want to play basketball? Most importantly, does he really want to win? And I, I'm going to say no. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sort of there with you, JJ. And I do remember that Jordan analogy. I think it was like he he was injured. They were worried that he was going to get re-injured, and they're like, "Well, it's a ninety percent chance that you don't get re-injured." It was the broken foot. That's the, the one. Foot, yeah, that's what it was. It was the broken foot, and they said there's a ninety percent chance he'll be fine. And then I think his compromise was, "All right, I'll just play less minutes or something like that." Yeah, well, that'll reduce they, risk. Or? He gave the analogy. He said, "Well, if there's ten pills, and one of them's gonna there you go. One of them's gonna hurt me, and like it's gonna cure my." cure my headache you know potentially these nine other pills is like well it depends how bad the effing headache is right right yeah and he really wanted to win and that's what jj is saying is that if kyrie irving is that dude that wants to win a championship that wants to do it for brooklyn wants to do it for his team he's got to make that sacrifice man And, and you know we're not the only ones saying this either um and it's not just us at the clinic saying that it's also charles barkley Charles Barkley was calling him out today. Was saying you got to sometimes you got to just do it for the team. You got to do it for others, you got to do it for family. But anyway, we're kind of falling down a rabbit hole here. I'm just going to cut it short. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to move this on. It's all JJ's fault. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to move on to DeAndre Ayton. There is some DeAndre Ayton drama. I did not expect this coming from the offseason here. And apparently the Suns and, you know, Robert Sarver um, have ended negotiations with DeAndre Ayton in regards to his contract extension. Ayton wants the max deal and they're not going to give it to him. Sammy, what do you think of this development? So there's there's been two different schools of thought on this from from how you think about it and depending on what theories you want to subscribe to. One of them is that Robert Sarver is cheap, and we know that, but the only thing with that here is that he just gave Bridges $22.5 million a year, just gave Landry Shamit $11 million a year, although that contract is only partially guaranteed, but still a lot for a guy who has not been on the team for more than a couple months. Uh, so one train of thought is that they want to let him go into restricted, see if the team gives him a max offer sheet, because that will save them... I don't have the exact number off the top of my head, but I believe it's at least 20 or $30 million since they, as his current team, can offer him a longer deal that's more lucrative. And that would be a really, I think it'd be a really bad look for the team, but I think the thought process for them would be, well, Chris Paul's already signed for four years, Bridges is signed for four years, Booker, I think, is under a long-term deal, so even if these guys don't like how it looks, they're still under contract. The other train of thought I have heard that's interesting is that as good as Aiton was in the playoffs in the back half of last year, we haven't seen it consistently for that long. So this might be some sort of 40 chess from James Jones that they want to see if he can do it again with with his contract on the line. And they're kind of playing it off as, oh, this is just Sarver being cheap again in the media and not talking about it. I personally am just going to stick with, I just think it's Sarver being cheap. I, I don't think this is that advanced the game of chess. Um, but I just, I can't imagine this ending without him getting his contract at, at the end of the offseason. So I've made a huge they mistake. can't negotiate anymore at this point. I think it has to wait till the offseason now because they had a deadline. Yeah. 
But right. I can't imagine him not being a son as long as CP and Booker are there. I mean, they haven't been over. They haven't been in the luxury tax since 2010, I think. So that's over a decade ago. So this theme of being cheap is is definitely definitely there. Further than that, just one one last quick point about this. Remember when this team had Amari and Nash at their peak? They were selling lottery picks. Yeah. They had, an, I think, a six or seven pick in a draft that ended up being Lou Dang, and this was not Lakers Lou Dang. Sorry, John. Uh, but the Lou Dang that was actually good on the Bulls. Um, and they had him in their laps, and they sold that pick to, to Chicago. Yeah. And remember, that team came really close to winning the title. If Who was it? If Stoudemire didn't jump off the bench against the Spurs, they probably would have won that series and gone to the finals. When Horry checked uh, Nash? Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I want to just... I just want to interject here and say you bite your tongue when you talk about Laker legend Lou Dang. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, th- these are great points, though. Like, do you guys think DeAndre Ayton is a max-level player? So, regardless of whether I think he is or not, I think the reason why people won't think he is is the whole, is the perception and the narrative. When you think of the Phoenix Suns, who do you immediately think of, right? You either, you're probably split between Devin Booker and Chris Paul. He just, he produces the numbers and he's a vital piece to the team, but because he's not the number one guy or even the number two guy, the perception there is that he's not deserving of a max contract. And I think that's part of, the narrative is part of it. I. Now, my personal opinion is given the way that players are paid these days, and there are a lot of them that are overpaid, let's be real, I do think he's probably close to a max contract, just the way the market is structured currently and the way that guys are getting paid. I mean, Duncan Robinson, and I know he's a great shooter, what did he get paid? $70, $80 million? That's a lot for somebody who of his, I mean, I guess shooting, and playing defense three and D again is very is invaluable these days. But DeAndre Ayton does he's like the anchor of their defense. He can he's very he's versatile when scoring. He can shoot the ball, he can score in the paint, he's agile, he's mobile, he's the kind of big that you need. So for me, I wouldn't be surprised if he was a max player, but I can understand why the Suns are hesitant to give it to him. Also because Booker and CP3, like Sammy said, are getting paid a lot of money. Right, and JJ, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some stats here about DeAndre Ayton and his contract. So the one that he really wants is the five years, 172 million dollar contract. And just for comparison's sake, Clint Capella, Jarrett Allen, Miles Turner, they roughly get 20 million a year, which is 100 mil five years. So DeAndre Ayton would be making like. 30 to like 33 million a year do you think that do you think that's fair for deandre ayton or do you think it's that's like grossly overpaid that's grossly overpaid but we talked about this multiple times that the suns they don't really have a choice yeah unfortunately phoenix is not a destination team they're not the lakers they're not the knicks they're not even like the heat Right. And last year was the first time in a long time that they were good. Anomaly? Anomaly. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that can they repeat it? Because the year before their championship run last year, they only won 30 games. Yeah. And Chris Paul is glass. He, he might get injured. So there are all <laughs> these factors that one thing could happen and it could go south quick. To top it off, you probably have one of the worst owners in the NBA that doesn't want to pay. And we yeah. all know that it starts from the top in order to win a championship. Yeah, that's true. John? I know about being overpaid because my team paid Mozgov and Luol Deng <laughs> a combined $120 million. So if they can get paid that much, Aiden can get whatever he wants in my book. But that's just my opinion. Yeah, I'm going to go quickly, quickly down the line here. Um, how do you guys think this ends? Do you guys think it ends with, um, I guess, he gets the Supermax or not? John? No, I don't think he'll get the Supermax, but I think he'll get paid. Sammy? I, I think he'll get it and they'll keep him there in the, in the offseason. JJ? I don't think he'll get it. Man, I, we're split. I think he's going to get it. I'm, I'm hoping that someone knocks some sense into Sarver and he gets his bag. But moving on to the next topic. Surprise, surprise. It's Ben Simmons, guys. Ben Simmons Thank once God. again. Today, this is news from today, gentlemen. He was sent home from practice early by coach. And I guess before he was, or it allegedly says that Ben Simmons just wasn't participating. He declined several times to sub into like certain drills. He just wasn't engaged. So, you know, sent him home early. And Joel Embiid had some choice words for him, basically saying that at this point, I don't care about that man, honestly. He does whatever he wants. That's not my job, it's those guys' job. I'm focusing on trying to make the team better. Win games, play hard every night, there's some fluff here, but basically he's saying, I don't care what that, that, that guy does. That's super surprising to me. JJ, what do you think of this? I don't blame Joel Embiid saying that, but I'm also going to say that this whole dilemma that we're seeing with Ben Simmons is Daryl Morey's and Doc Rivers' fault. Ooh. Why do you say the so? The overall goal... Okay, the overall goal of the 76ers is to win the championship. And that takes dedication and loyalty and untalented roster. Once Doc Rivers, Embiid, and the front office... I don't know if you want to say they put Ben Simmons under the bus, but they basically didn't encourage him to to be the best player on that team. Right. That's for sure after last year. With that being said, you have Doc Rivers saying he didn't even have to reveal that he kicked out of uh, he kicked Ben Simmons out of practice today. True. And they kept this valuable trade piece for a while, and right now that value is just going down. It's tanked. The value is it's as low as it is right now, and it's just a bad situation. Yeah. Do Do you guys think we would have? Did you guys ever think we would get here where Joel Embiid is literally drawing a line in the sand between Ben Simmons and the team? What do you guys think? I mean, I can't believe when I, I can't I can't say I'm really surprised by this because 
the only reason Ben Simmons has showed up to practice in training camp is because of the money. And that was clear when Ben Simmons didn't even make a statement himself. It was Rich Paul, his agent, who had to come out and say, or the news, ESPN, to say, well, Ben Sim there was nothing you heard from Ben Simmons himself. And if he was truly intent on rectifying the situation or at least trying to make it work somewhat you would at least kind of hear from uh, hear from him at least in my opinion the second thing i thought was extremely funny about this is did you see that he was trying to practice today with a phone in his short in his shorts yeah and these weren't even like these weren't even like deep pocket shorts these were those short pocket shorts where you no. can see his phone hanging out halfway Tito's how falling hard out. could you how hard could you possibly practice like that so for me it's you know as much as I love talking about Ben Simmons, I wish this topic would truly die, that he gets right. traded, and we can stop talking about this. At least talking about this with him on the Sixers. Yeah, Sammy, do you have anything to add? Yeah, uh, I didn't think he'd get this far either, but I didn't think he'd get this far because, like Jay said, they completely screwed this up. There's no way they should have gotten the camp with him on the team. Because you yeah. pretty much started to tank his trade value the moment that Doc came out after game seven said i don't know if he's my point guard of the future and mb threw him under the bus for not dunking that ball at the during that game against the hawks that's when you started tanking his value now like like john said he's practicing with a phone in his pocket clearly doing what he can to get kicked out of, <laughs> kicked out of practice so he doesn't have to and he still gets paid like we've gone to the point of no return and i think yeah. there is absolutely no way he can suit up for them again None. I don't care how long it takes him to trade him. Could you imagine him opening game for the Sixers? And I know they suspended him uh, for tomorrow or their first game. But could you imagine him getting introed at that court and the response that the, he would get in Philly? There's just no way. There's no way. So he, there's, I think there's no, no way. way. Yeah, so he's done what he wanted now. They're going to send him home until they trade him. I would be amazed if they, if they tell him to suit up for the team. And now they're going to trade him for, what, 10 cents on the dollar maybe? Yeah, I, I don't even think that CJ McCollum Rocco trade is on there anymore. I don't think. I think they're gone. I think all those trades that sounded really nice for Philly, they're all gone, right? Yeah, yeah, and I I really do believe, and I know we uh, we kind of chatted about this uh, before. I honestly think he ends up in Sacramento at this point for a piecemeal trade involving one or both of Bagley and Heald. Uh, yeah, and that's the best they're gonna get. If they get more than that, I, I'll I'll applaud Maury for fixing five percent of his insanely major screw up uh, yeah. of what happened here and getting some level of value back. But they could not have handled this any worse. Yeah, here's, I, my, here's, here's, here's the worst take of the year: Lakers trade Westbrook for Ben Simmons by February <laughs> of 2022, and it's a tie, and everyone loses in that trade. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Man, well, just as like a, a quick little update, the 76ers find Ben Simmons basically 1.4 million for his absence from four preseason games, um, which is, you know, 360K each. And that's an absolutely huge number. That's a huge number. And it's, it's funny because Ben Simmons, he flew all the way to Philly to try to recoup some of that money. And he is just losing money left and right. Um, anyway, we're going to put some... We're going to put some things on the record here, just real quickly. Just because, you know, the season started. So we might as well just say what we think our finals matchup for 2022 is going to be. I'm going to go down the line. JJ, 
Who do you? Who's your finals matchup for 2022? I'll go a crazy take. Nets versus Warriors. Ooh. And Draymond dunks on KD <laughs> for the game-winning shot. <laughs> that doesn't sound crazy at all. I love it. Sammy. That would be awesome. That would be amazing. I that actually, would actually be amazing. I just, I just saw that finals result on the season of NBA 2K21 that JJ was playing. <laughs> I, uh, I think we saw our finals teams both on the court tonight. I think we're going to get Bucks lakers I think the Lakers will figure it out and get there. And I like the Bucks to take that series and repeat. Ooh. John, what you think? All right. Since we're just going out of this world crazy, I'm, I'm going to go... Clippers uh-huh. versus the Miami Heat in the finals. Ooh. And Paul George hits the backboard on a sideline, on a uh, corner three <laughs> twice, not once. And he banks him in, and the Clippers win in seven. <laughs> Nicely done, John. No, no. No, Clippers swept in four. <laughs> Man, I'm going to go with 76ers Lakers. I'm going to say that somehow Daryl Morey works Morey magic, and they get some amazing trade out of this. And things just gel for some strange reason. But the 76ers lose to the Lakers. And John celebrates. Anyway, that is it for our pod tonight. JJ, thanks for being on, man. Special shout out to my daughter. Happy birthday, babe. I love you. Happy birthday, Jamie. Happy birthday, Jamie. Happy birthday, Jamie. And Sammy, thanks for being on, man. Pleasure to be here as always, my friend. And John, thanks for being on. Love you guys. Take it easy. And of course, I'm Rosa Panta. This is the Clinic All-NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you find your podcast.